Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to Life Wealth's podcast. My name is Jason Harwood, CEO of Life Wealth, and joining me today is James Vandaloo, head of Life Wealth's investment committee. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Easter long weekend. I guess as good as you can in the current circumstances, and got to relax a bit. Yeah, as you and I were saying, James, uh, Good Friday loses some of its uniqueness when every day feels like Good Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's certainly one we'll remember in the years to come. No doubt. Um, we are coming to you all today again from my backyard. We are um, doing the appropriate social distancing. Um, as we said last time, we are sitting a long way away from each other with some extension cords on these microphones. So uh, it's uh, from our backyard, So, or my backyard. Um, so James, uh, the main focus we had today was really to check in and give an update on where things are. We know it's been such a a, a, a liquid situation, such a fluid situation, it's moving so quickly. Probably good, just a good time to check in on where we are today on markets around the world, outlook, all those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, over to you. Yeah, it's been a been about a fortnight since we since we last had a chat, and uh, there's probably some good news and and bad news that's evolved over those few weeks. The, the good news is uh, markets have risen a fair bit over over that fortnight. Mm. That's despite the fact that the economic data gets gets worse. You know, people say, well, James, how can the market be going up when the US has probably gone up to 20% unemployment yes. uh, short term? Um, to me, it looks like we're through the, 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 the first part of the drawdown in markets was the panic phase. So that looks like it's, it's behind us now. And there has been, as we sort of spoke about over the over the, the whole few times we've been talking about this issue, we knew there'd be an enormous uh, response from central banks and, and governments. The central banks have acted so quickly on this. Yeah. So they've done more stimulus and gone further than they did in the 08-09 crisis. It took them nine months to get there. Uh, they've just been absolutely fast out of the blocks here and they've gone further. Mm. So... As I've said, my big worry in this thing was more on credit markets than it was the equity market. Credit spreads were really widening. So what that means is effectively the cost of borrowing goes up for, for companies and the Fed's now stepped in. Now they're, they're, they're buying junk bonds. They in, in the GFC, they bought federal treasuries, high-quality securities. Now they're actually buying paper, uh, corporate paper, they're buying high yield ETFs to try and narrow those credit spreads to make borrowing easier. And what that's done, that's that's really prevented a, a financial crisis. Yeah, and part of, part of that's been a regulatory legislative change or they've found a way to work within the, the bounds of the existing uh, regulatory environment in the States to be able to make those purchases yeah. in a way that they couldn't in 2008. Well, sometimes people joke and say, you know, markets are rigged, the market's rigged. Mm. It, they, they've rigged it. The Treasury, uh, call it Donald Trump, has basically got control of the control of the Fed. So what's happening um, is he set up a, a Department of Treasury that's doing... So the Fed wasn't allowed to buy um, corporate credit, but what's happening is there's a special Department of the Treasury, the Fed is lending to that, and that department is buying yeah, corporate yeah, credit. Yeah. So they've, they've rigged it. Mm. Um, not to make markets go up, but to keep 
liquidity yes. and borrowing costs down mm-hmm. for businesses, which is a which is a positive, uh, a, a positive, and the S and P five hundred, the US market has seen the amount of liquidity being pumped in. Now, the only thing they're not buying yet is equities. There's a lot of people speculating they'll they'll probably get there by the time this is yeah, right. this is okay. done. Yep. And um, markets have responded to that liquidity response. So that's that's the positive. Yes. Uh, US market is it's this morning is probably down twenty percent mm-hmm. from the absolute peak in uh, absolute in, top of the in, market in February. So mm-hmm. we're twenty percent down off record highs, despite the fact that you've got twenty percent unemployment and the whole economic story has changed. Um, people might think I'm making light of a 20% drawdown, but that's that's not too bad, to mm. be honest, given the circumstance we find ourselves in at the moment. Uh, the volatility has eased up, so those horrible 5 6 7% moves in sessions yes. are coming down. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before, the VIX is now back to around 40. Yeah. Um, we always have... Uh, a mid thirties target or below, mm-hmm. as saying the market is is, is stable. So it's yep. it's getting back to a point where we think we can look at markets and the pricing is more rational for the environment we find ourselves in. That's good for us because it allows us to make decisions. Mm. Whereas things were absolutely out of control three or four weeks ago, and you're almost paralysed because you could not get a bid on anything. Yes, um, that's changed now. Um, we're getting to a more stable environment, which will allow us to start making some medium-term decisions with portfolios. Yeah. Um, so that's the positive. Yeah. Just before you go on to the negatives, I mean, there, there's something you said there about, you know, you don't want anyone to think you're making light of the fact that the market's down by 20% in the US. But it's about context, isn't it? I mean, if you, as we said, mid-Feb. Yeah. Mid-Feb feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, we are talking about two months, uh, eight weeks. Exactly. Mid-Feb, if you had have stood there in mid-Feb and said, in eight weeks' time, unemployment in the US is going to be 20%, you would have been praying for a 20% uh, runoff on, on, on the US market. Oh, a- absolutely. And then you go back, if you go back to December 18, that's where the market was. Mm. So what, right now, it's only lost a year of gains. Yes. And that was in a time where we were still having an expansion or talking about a little bit of a slowdown, possibly a, a, a very mild uh, US recession. Mm. Um, we're not having a mild US recession at the moment. We, we hope it's relatively short, but um, yeah, it's, it's much more serious than that. Yeah, but again, relativity. Um, as you said, that was the good news. And in the good news, we're talking about um, being down 20%. So again, it's all relative, isn't it? So um, you, you know, you, you obviously want to look at the, the, the inverse side of that, the, the less positive. Yeah, so when, when we were looking at this a few weeks back and we were looking at some of the external models, we thought we'd see cases peaking in the US around about now. And that looks, I know, you know data's a little bit rubbery and it's very fluid, but it looks like that was about right. So we doubt things get much worse from here. So that's that's that that is a, a a positive. Like, and my view at the time was, I actually thought markets had the potential to keep falling while this news was getting worse. And you saw the horrible escalation in cases and 
and death on the news each night. So I thought the market had the potential to keep weakening till about now and thought it would actually find a base as we saw case counts roll over. It lifted quicker than that on the Fed liquidity. The thing I'm a little bit concerned about is the fact that while that seems to be right and we're, we're heading a peak, there still is no real clear path how we move forward and get the economy up and rolling again. Yeah, and when you talk about a peak, I think from what we've talked about, you're talking about a peak in the number of cases per day, the size or the quantum of the number of cases per day. Correct. The actual, um, what a terrible term to use, and I, and I don't mean it this way, but um, just from a data point of view, the headline number of cases, the cumulative number of cases, that will continue to grow and could grow in the States all the way through to August, but the peak in the number of cases per day. Correct. Yeah. Correct. The, the daily daily peak of more mm. people contracting it. Yeah. So the, the distancing and lockdowns have worked. Yep. So again, it's a bit like the, the, the that's the most scary and critical part. Mm. But how we move forward, um, that's still not clear, and yes. that that's you know a little bit a little bit concerning. Yes. Yes. Where where does it? end in, in, in inverted commas and, and there's elements of end isn't there you know the the hope that we don't have a second peak because shutdowns finish too early shutdowns themselves when do they finish um, there's clearly no pathway to that in australia at the moment let alone in the states we were talking before we started recording this podcast that it, it's hard to envisage how anything other than the best case scenario of all best case scenarios has Melbourne, Sydney, the Eastern Seaboard opening up before 1st of July. And that would be if everything went perfectly well. Um, you know, it seems like the most likely would be if we were going to end some of these uh, restrictions in Australia, they would do them by state first and maybe even smaller jurisdictions. But mm. it may well be Tasmania first, Adelaide second, Perth third. And then uh, once you get the data back from that to see what the outcomes are, then you potentially think about opening up the Eastern Seaboard. If everything went perfectly, maybe 1st of July, and I think that's actually being pretty optimistic. I think that's right, and I think you can see it when the press conference is on. They don't know. No. They, they don't know, and that mm. probably bothers me bothers me a little bit mm. because, yes, we've seen probably the peak in terms of the nastiness, and now we're in that middle phase of how do we muddle mm. through and actually find a way forward, and I don't think we have those we, we have those answers. So that probably says to me it's hard to see markets going much higher in the short term. Yeah, there's a cap on them effectively. Absolutely. Mm. Until we actually see how that plays out. Yeah. And, you know, the, the reality is it could go two ways. Mm. They can try and ease things off and then you get a second wave and there's still no certainty, unfortunately, from the medical front yet on um, on drugs or vaccines. So do we get a second spike and what does that do to markets? Mm. Do they know we're gonna be we're gonna be um, tied up in this scenario? So yep. markets could go a little bit higher because US goes from twenty percent unemployment down to fifteen really quickly or fifteen to twelve. Mm. But then if we're at 12 and we're going nowhere and more cases pop up and the next move's 12 to 14 rather than 12 to 10, yes. 
what does that do? And again, this is psychology. We we, we don't know, mm. but um, I think that's why in the short term we've got a a cap somewhere within five five percent of here. That until we get a little bit more certainty on how we see economies opening up and refunctioning, mm. we probably haven't got a whole heap of upside. And we're talking about the market as of course. a whole here, yeah. rather than you know individual businesses. Yeah. So, so before we we, we had a uh, investment committee conference last week, um, just to talk through where we are, where we are, what comes next, um, and probably a little bit longer term view, and whether we cover that off at the moment or, or not, we can make a decision about. It. Before we sort of pivot across to that, um, you know, probably uh, I read a great article over the weekend in Bloomberg talking about um, the scale of the the work being put in to try and find a vaccine or an antiviral. Uh, there's 70 separate programs around the world trying to do to develop vaccines. Um, three of those, two in two in China, one in the US, are at um, trial stage. Um, two of those, I think, are in stage two. Um, now that of itself sounds really positive. Having said that, though, the normal time to get something to market is 10 to 15 years. So what they're still trying to do is bring that 10 or 15 years back into 12 to 18 months. So that mm. time frame hasn't shifted. Um, but it is, it is really great to see the level of um, um, push by the broader scientific community internationally to try and find a solution, you know, 70 separate, 70 separate programs working on a vaccine right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did read something from JP Morgan over the weekend and, their best case scenario was having something that's available by October. Now that doesn't mean it'll be able to be distributed globally by yep. October, but yep. they they thought that at least be able to put it into the healthcare workers yeah, right. by October. Mm. Now that's by far the fastest timeline, and, and it's not saying that's certainty. So yep. I want, want that on the record. They're saying that would be that would be best case, and yep. there's a scientist from the UK working on that that was that was quoted. Um, so that gives us hope that. Hopefully by the end of the year, there might be mm. something on on the vaccine front. That's still a long time away yeah. in terms of getting this economy functioning. And it's hard to see how the US economy could get to anything but probably 80% capacity by before then. Yeah. Now, 80% capacity is much better than what we're rolling at today. Yes. But that's still 20% below what we're at mm. last year. That's mm. that's a long way. Yeah, it's material, isn't it? That is that is a, a serious uh, mm. serious recession. So yeah. um, the hope that this would be short and transitory and V-shaped recovery, it's pretty much uh, it's yeah. pretty much out the window. Yeah, I think so. So far the markets are looking at the liquidity and they're looking through it. Now if you're buying a if you're buying an equity, you're not buying the next Six months earnings or twelve months earnings, you're buying all its future earnings, so yep. you're, you're having a long term view. Yeah. So it is climbing the wall of wall of worry, mm. um, but I think we're back to a point now where we can start looking at individual businesses and say, okay, well these ones are probably going to hold up very well in this environment. These businesses are quite vulnerable, and start repositioning portfolios with that with that with that view. And likewise with in in credit and and treasuries, because with those spreads coming back down, there is some risky risky stuff in the new world um, that's not paying very much in terms yeah. of return. So yeah. the argument is, well, do you really want to own that given the new world we're in? Probably not. 
Uh, and that's probably a, a good uh, point to segue across to investment committee and some of the things we, we talked about there. Although just before I do, I, I feel like every time, you know, I've been in this industry a long period of time, as have you, but every time we do a podcast, I feel like I hear a new term, uh, or mm. the, climbing the wall of worry. The wall of worry. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so investment committee last week, um, maybe give a broad overview of that, but I, I think a good position to segue across to is some of the stocks that are holding up relatively well, and particularly in the States, technology stocks are actually holding up reasonably well. Those really blue chip technology stocks, those ones we know the names of, you know, Alphabet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the other one is, I guess, um, you know, uh, uh, a view into the future on Asia and, and China in particular. Yeah, so I actually, I actually think Asia is going to be the the winner out of this. They seem to have been less less affected, got on top of it quicker. Now I have no idea why that is. Whether it's because of their experience with SARS that yeah. they were they were more prepared. Maybe it's because they're got a, a level of community immunity because of those things. I I, I don't know, mm-hmm. and I'm. I get in trouble when I speculate. So it's, it's very, it. it's very general, but there's that cultural element as well. You know, Hofstetter talks about the way that you look at nations and their cultures and all that sort of stuff. You know, through Asia, there is this um, broad community sort of uh, sense of community built into the culture. So when you need to do what you need to do, that that kind of kicks in as well. Mm. Um, but I think there's no doubt that the, the experience of you know um, previous pandemics that that kicks you into action pretty quick, doesn't it? Absolutely. And the reality is the economic damage is going to be a lot lower in Hong Kong than it will be in Europe mm. or the US. Yeah. So uh, they're up and rolling. And I think, as I said, they'll be a net, net winner out of this. More mm. capital will flow there. That, yeah. And, um, and Asia is going to be a good place to invest in the next five or 10 years. Mm. We were also talking about the fact that the uh, the Chinese index has actually held up pretty well during this period of time. I mean, it's it's barely, as we stand today, um, it's it's basically flat. That's right, and they still haven't done a big stimulus yet. Mm. You know, they've stimulated about two percent of GDP. Where Australia, we're up nearly up towards twenty. I think we're mm. sixteen or sixteen or eighteen. So there's probably still that. Uh, the problem for them at the moment is all their exporters. Have, yeah all their customers are shut down. Yeah, so that's right. yeah. I think that's probably why they're 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 holding back. Mm. But um I would ex- still expect to see some stimulus in the second half of the year. Yep. Um probably once you start to see some of the West come back online. Mm. And I think that bodes well for our big miners yes. whose share prices have been very resilient given mm. the given the downturn. Iron ore's come off a little bit. It's it's held up relatively well I think because of that expectation. And um, yeah, if uh, if they go and start building stuff, and it looks like the US will do a little bit of infrastructure as well. Yeah. Um, once they get rolling again, bodes pretty well for those those cyclical parts of the Australian yeah Australian market. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, so so technology, we talked about the fact in the investment committee that uh, you know those really blue chip, you know the, those top grade uh, tech companies mm. uh, are also holding up reasonably well relative to markets. Yeah. Um, and obviously their outlook's strong. Yeah, and I, I think that comes down to balance sheet. So um, now everyone's earnings are going to fall. Yes. Now that's not that's no great revelation. You don't need to be a great analyst to work out earnings are going to be very poor over the next six months. Mm. 
Um, what I think is more important is your balance sheet. So who gets through this? Those tech companies sitting on hundreds of billions of net cash. Mm. So, uh, and we we know most of their, um, you know, they're, they're not a capital intensive business model anyway. Yeah. So we're all sitting at home. So a lot of their services are demand has held up. Um, the exclusion there is your your, your Facebook, uh, your your Google, the advertising revenue is down. That yeah. part of the business is yes. cyclical. Um, but those balance sheets really insulate them to get through. Mm. And what we think they'll be doing is they'll be picking off a lot of the smaller IT companies that aren't cash flow positive yet that are still you know, got the next great ideas. And you saw you saw this back five or ten years ago where Alphabet acquired YouTube and so forth. Mm. They're gonna win. Yeah. So um so they've been they've been very, very resilient. Well it's certainly a time when cash is king, isn't it? That's absolutely right, and they have it. Yeah. Okay. Um anything else from the investment committee you wanna cover off now? Um Probably not right now on the podcast. So um, we've been doing the work. We've got a hit list of stocks and funds mm. where we think are going to be in the right place. But it's a very different story for different clients. So, you know, we've got a, a pot of stuff that we think is defensive income that will hold up very well for clients that are seeking cash flow, but probably capital stability. Um for clients with a bit of a longer-term view that don't need the cash flow, there's also a list of what I think are probably the, the better businesses yes. in Australia mm-hmm. um, that are almost on sale. So um, that's going to be an appealing pot for, for clients that are looking for growth and yep. getting set in this longer-term quality. Um, but I don't think the podcast is the right formula. Yeah, yeah sure. No, what, I- um, what, I, what I think is your advisor will be getting in touch with you in the next few weeks to talk about your particular portfolio and make sure one that you feel the same way we feel and then how we think we should rebalance to um, get set for what will probably be still a tricky six months but I think the valuations are quite attractive on a two or three year view. Yeah, no problem. Um, all right. So as we as we come towards the close, I, I think there's just a nice little aside I'd like to make that we talked about earlier this morning. Um, something in the Fin review this morning, which for me just goes to something we talk about all the time, which is the the natural human condition to be optimistic about the future. Uh, and in the Fin review this morning, uh, there was an article talking about cruise bookings as at today are 40% up on the same time uh, in 2019. So bookings for 2021 are 40% up versus the same time in 2019 for bookings for 2020. If that's not the ultimate proof that the human condition is uh, prone to positivity, I, I don't know what else could be. Yeah, well, that, that's actually fantastic to know that uh, while people are sitting home isolated, they're, they're not feeling to crap, they're actually booking their next holiday. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a good sign. I just hope we can get things rolling fairly quickly and it limits the damage and, you know, most businesses can come back and most of the most of the jobs are, are still there. 
Yeah, agree. All right, well, we might uh, we might wrap that up there. Um, you know, to, to everyone who listens to the podcast, as we've been saying amongst our, our team over the last little while, um, you know, it really is a time to try and be as active in communication with your friends and your family and your colleagues as you possibly can. There's no doubt the mood of all of us will ebb and flow during during this period of time. We are, we are clearly not in normal normal circumstances, and it's natural at times to to feel a little bit flat. Um, as as you've said, James, our, our advisors are certainly around. Um, we are, we have been business as usual this in, entire time. Um, if you need to talk to us, whether that be advisor or, or, or any of the team, we're, we're absolutely here to be able to have a chat. So we'd absolutely encourage anyone to pick up the phone. Um, we really thank everyone who's come back to us uh, in previous podcasts and you know made comment or asked us questions about that. That's been really helpful for us because one, it allows us to answer those questions, but two, hopefully uh, gets the point where we learn from those things and, and, and put a better podcast out. So we'd really encourage everyone to keep coming back to us with any questions or comments about the podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, James, thank you for your time today. Thanks, Jason. Always great to have a have a chat. Fingers crossed the worst is behind us from both a market perspective and and damage on the on the health front. And it's uphill from here, but um, we've still got a, a reasonable road ahead. Absolutely. It is absolutely fingers crossed. All right. Thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll we'll talk again shortly. Thanks.